1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
0: Believe.
1: Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roaster Studios, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio networks on 106.7 in central Arkansas. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I am Porter Hayes, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Hall. And we're also brought to you by Bet Online. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino card games available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Adam, I don't know about you, but it's actually really cool to be able to come on here and talk about some good news. Talk about some
0: <laughs> I mean It's been it's been a little bit for us.
1: I almost changed the intro song to Hello, darling, my old friend, you know, and just you know it's just Now we get to talk about some good things, and we'll get into the breakdown of the game, but Arkansas defeats Purdue yesterday in front of a sold-out crowd. I know John Neighbors, we got to give him a quick shout-out. Wanted to uh, help Coach Musselman get a packed Bud Walton Arena. Musselman said, if you get a packed Bud Walton Arena, I will let you come to the Halloween party because I guess there was something along the lines of when they were at SEC Media Days, he was wanting to know – where his invite was so, neighbors gets to go to the Halloween team party, and right here we got the final stats: eighty-one to seventy-seven over Purdue. Leading scores was Tremar and Mark and Trevin Brazil with fifteen points each, and then you had L. Ellis with twelve, Khalif Battle with twelve, and then Chandler Lawson, which there was a lot of praise about him yesterday, had ten. Adam, I mean. I don't know if you got to watch it. I didn't get to see it. I followed along on social media. But what was your takeaways from this game? I mean, a lot of people are saying it was just an exhibition, but but the way these two teams were playing, it was far from it.
0: It had that – I mean, it had that atmosphere, that environment. That look, The players weren't taken to it like, oh, this is just another exhibition game. I mean, you heard the coaches, yes, they were talking about the charity, the tornado relief – Um, but they were both using this as kind of a litmus test of where they were at. Um, Purdue's coach was using this as, you know, this environment is going to prepare them for Big Ten arenas um, coming in. So it it was one of those things that the players even out there on the court that, I mean, they were not treating this like a ho-hum game. Um, I mean, seeing at the end, towards the end of the game, I mean, Devo diving on the floor um, around three or four Purdue guys, and I mean him and Edie end up colliding. But like you're seeing that in a charity exhibition yep. game, I mean that tells you the mindset of both teams. So um, I had questions before the game, before the season coming up, like who's going to be that guy to that's going to want the ball um, in the clutch, it's going to want the ball when when it matters, and I think it showed yesterday, like, you've got a handful of guys that are going to show up. You've got a handful of guys that, are want to, that want the ball in their hands when it matters.
1: I made the, the, the comment yesterday that just the ball movement, the mm-hmm. defense and the ball movement, how they were coming out, and you talked about not making this an exhibition game, but how they came out with a tenacity, fire. I mean, they wanted to win this game. I think mm-hmm. last year and getting you know getting embarrassed per se by Texas last year in that exhibition game, but you know now they're getting to play in front of you know all the fans in Bud Walton mm-hmm. Arena. This is one of the most. I mean, I don't know, and this could be an, a, a great question we can pose tomorrow. And I'll ask you now before we continue. Do you think this year there's more anticipation this year out of this year's team than last year's team?
0: Yes. I think that um, before there's a lot of questions that surrounded both, but I think that this year or the ending of last year going into the season, you'll only get into the Sweet 16, um, kind of set us up for like, okay, we've got to get back to the U League eight. We've got to get to a Final Four. All these guys that are coming in, I mean, they're veterans, they're scorers, they were, you know, led their teams in scoring or were up there in the top two or three. So I think there's a lot um, of anticipation leading into the season. And I've said it time and time again, that all around talent, not talking accolades, I think that this team top to bottom is the most athletic team that Arkansas has put on the court.
1: Yes. And I, it's hard to say yes, but I think it. Is, I agree with you. But, you know, just with last year and the freshmen and Anthony Black and Walsh, Everybody that was a part of the team, but Brazil coming back, Davis coming back, I think that added to what you had in the transfer portal coming into Arkansas. And knowing, just having those key pieces be a part of this team. Mm-hmm. But the I, I love the fact that we have a lot of guys who want to take that last shot, but they play as a team. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. every – highlight clip I seen yesterday there was two to three passes I mean it was like they were having fun like it was an exhibition game but the way they were finding the open man to have that chemistry and I want to say trust to have Mm -hmm. that trust when you get that guy in the open floor and he's going to hit a shot that is going to be huge because if they're playing like that now in October November if they trust each other that much now and they're producing, and it's not just as much trust as it is execution. Yeah. They shot 35% from the three-point line, but that, I mean, that's decent from the three-point line. Um, I know we'll get into the offensive and the defensive rebounding in, in a second, but that was the thing that really stood out to me. was the trust they had in each other. That's going to win them some ball games that might come iffy. And I know they've, played really well the last couple of years, but that that's going to win them some games that maybe last year or the year before last, they would have lost.
0: Yeah. And, you know, last year, like you're touching on with, you know, having the freshmen, you, you wondered how these guys were going to play together. Um, It was a different setting for them coming in to college, you know, previously in high school, they were top dog, but then getting into college, you know, how are, how are the roles going to be? How are they going to be? And then, we're just going to have to get used to, like, we're going to have new players under Coach Must uh-huh. majority almost every season. So the difference, and I think we saw it yesterday with bringing in veterans in the transfer portal, is seeing the cohesiveness and the way that this team has already gelled that we're not necessarily, you know, and things could change. So this is just all going off, of you know, the last two games, but it's – not a question that I think will come up as we're going into SEC play like it has in years past in years past. There's always been that um, those questions of like, whether it's which I know we're always going to question what the rotation is going to be just because most likes to mix things up, but there's not going to be that question of um, can these guys play together or who's going to have the ball or, I mean, I feel like if one guy's hot, another guy's going to back off. And I feel like that's understood with
1: them. And I think a lot of it too, when you got a guy like Zach Eddy, you know, coming in seven four, you know, mm-hmm. they, they were talking about, you know, Jalen Williams at being an addition to last year's team, and they could have won an addy with it, or they would have won an addy with with him on that team, and they were talking about the toughness. Well, who's gonna be the guy that's gonna come in and be, you know, that lockdown defender? And we've seen that, you know, with with Mitchell. They held him to fifteen and nine. I mean, he didn't go off. I mean, Tashibwe, you know, and the big guys last year, a couple of years ago, the guy from Auburn, you know, they were going off on the team.
0: Yeah, and Edie's points, like the majority of his points came at the end of the game because I think right up until the final, probably three to four minutes. I mean, he had six to eight points. He didn't even cross ten points until that mark because I mean, they're, they they. Kept him stopped. They they were stopping his entry passes um, when Arkansas was on defense, and they got him into foul trouble. So he sat a lot of the game. He was having to get yep. pulled out for foul trouble. So that really helped out a lot. And I mean, they when he was in the game, they they kept the ball out of his hands.
1: Yeah, and he you know he got seven of his points off free throws. So I mean, to you know he's only four of eight shooting seven eight from the free throw line. I know Arkansas when you look at their three point percentage and their free throw percentage from the free throw line they were 13 for 17. So I mean that that's good. You know, that's when you're playing on the road and and again, this is an environment where it was like a march feel to it. You know, so there's gonna be those nerves. There's gonna be that excitement, but I couldn't be more impressed with the team. I know that, you know, offensive rebounding, I mean you got a guy seven four you know, if you're shooting threes, if you're shooting a lot of threes, those offensive rebounds are going to be hard to come by. I mean, just mm-hmm. because when they come off the rim, they're going way off the rim. It's not going right there like on mislayup or, or, you know, a mid-range jumper. But just the scoring all around, I feel very comfortable, like you said, if somebody's down, somebody else is going to pick them up. And that's going to bode well coming into, you know, looking into this season where they got a four-game stretch before they go to the bad boys mower uh, battle for Atlantis where they face Stanford, Memphis, or Michigan, and hopefully they get to the finals But uh, over Thanksgiving break. But you got Alcorn State coming to Bud Walton Arena on November 6th. So, you know, Alcorn State, Gardner-Webb, Old, Old Dominion, and UNC Greensboro. So you're going to have – four games where there's going to be some down when it comes to the competition. That's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for too. One, the rotations, but seeing how they play down to competition, if they put it on the – you know, the foot on the pedal, if they take this like this is an SEC team, that's where I'll be really impressed with this team if they come into every single game like it's going to be a war because those are the type of games where you need to – because if you play down in competition and then you get complacent in that, that's where some of these lower mid-range teams, that's where you finish 8-10 and 10 in the SEC. That's where some of these games where you don't win the SEC, you win because you're playing every team. Because you got a target on your back. Mm-hmm. There's a huge target on this team's back this year. They're expected either to win, second. I don't know who, if anybody put them third in the league uh, when it comes to ranking them in the, in the media and the coaches poll, but – and i'm talking coach by coach i'm yeah um so you got a bigger target on your back and that's what's really going to help this team out if they just come into these four games really prepare use it to as a test or as a bookwork up into the test when you go to the bad boy mowers because there's going to be some good teams waiting to take you down because the better you get that bigger that target's going to get
0: yeah that uh yesterday yeah yesterday's game was i think a perfect um, storm, if you will. Like, it it shows you what you need to improve on. It shows you where you're at. You can use these next four games as kind of um, maybe change up your rotations. Maybe if somebody's confidence is down, you're going to get them in there to try to get up their confidence. Whatever the case may be, use these next four games to prepare you for the battle for Atlantis. Um, Because, I mean, yesterday they treated it, it looked like a – march turn a madness tournament game um the players the intensity the crowd i mean just all around it did not seem like a exhibition game yeah i mean they were they were leaving it all on the court
1: i've seen a lot of the videos and a lot of you know just social media interaction of the pre-game uh we mm-hmm. posted a video with the euro step and just how electric it was and you know also this was for a good cause. And I do want to give Purdue, I mean, there was a bunch of a couple of knuckleheads that we'll talk about on the Purdue side of it that were, you know, salty after the loss. And we said it though, if Arkansas lost, it'd be like, okay, it was an exhibition. It don't count. Well, we have seen that from, I want to say a couple, I'm not, I would say 90% of the Purdue interactions was positive. Mm -hmm. I give kudos to the coach I give kudos to all the fans that were talking about, hey, this is a really good team. We want to see you in March. I mean, because it was. In the end of the day, lose or win, that was a battle. That was a war that you are getting to witness. And it was a breath of fresh air. It was one of them that two teams battled, and it was like everybody embraced it and just respected what they were seeing. There was no shade thrown at either team like, you know, of course, other than the few knuckleheads that was posting that. But I was very pleased to see the fans' reaction on both sides of the game yesterday.
0: Yeah, it, it was completely, you know, like we talked about touching on the if we had lost, how it would go. But, I mean, we all remember last year when we had the exhibition game against Texas and we got blown out of the water. Um, luckily, that game wasn't streamed or televised, so most people didn't get to see it. So you just had really the, the reactions, the negative reactions afterwards, which... You know you it, I get, but at the same time, the game didn't matter, and look how our season turned out. Yep. So you know, it was one of those they saw the errors, they saw what needed to be fixed and that they did. Um, so it, it was refreshing just to see how uh, this early on um, how good of a team this is, how cohesive they are, and the camaraderie that you can already tell that they have. Um, I, I love know, it. picking up each other off the floor up off the bench whenever their timeout's called, hopping off the bench when somebody makes a play. I mean, these guys are in it for each other. You know, it's crazy because they've only been together for a few months.
1: Well, that just shows a lot of the senior leadership. That that shows mm-hmm. you when, you know, and this is nothing to last year's team, but it's it's a point. You know, when you're bringing four and five freshmen into the bunch and a couple of them's one and done, they're, they're looking – yeah, they're they're wanting to play for Arkansas and they're wanting to win but you see guys that you're giving second chances to you're giving they're coming to Arkansas they've already been at another school they're coming here to better their game because they trust must they know okay I can't believe, I can't remember if it was battle uh, I think it was battle who said if, if Musk calls you 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 go if anybody wants to go to the transfer portal and must calls you you'd be dumb not to sign with them and because he he's his track record of who he's already put in the NBA and not only just put in the NBA but they're playing in the NBA they're getting minutes in the NBA and that's only going to help and seeing like Devo and Trevin Brazil you know they come back they're like look we're, guys we're not playing around and you see the work that Devo puts in he set the standard He's posting workouts at midnight. He's posting Sunday workouts at 6.30 in the morning. He might not score two points, but he's already setting that tone of, look, if we're going to win, this is how we need to do it. And I I love that about him, the fact that he might not see a lot of time on the floor. He might not be a top scorer. But he is showing that he wants to be that senior leader, and I think that's another plus that's really going to help this team moving forward.
0: Yeah, and one thing that I saw a lot of yesterday, and I saw flashes of it the previous game, and I I talked about it then, is Leighton Blocker is going to be something special in my Mm -hmm. eyes, kind of referred to him as Devo 2.0 just for, you know, he's got defensive quickness like you wouldn't believe unless you watched it. Seeing him play yesterday um, more time, I think, than they did against UT Tyler and seeing – how he held his own against, you know, the number three team in the nation. He wasn't backing down for a moment, but he wouldn't shy. him and he was going to the rim. He was defending, like, anybody that you put on him. Um, he just – he looked – even though he's only a freshman, he looked like a veteran out there with, in a group of veterans. You wouldn't have been able to look at him and been like, oh, he's just a freshman.
1: And, and you look at the, the other stats of, you know, we're talking about a game that had that March feel to it. This game was tied 12 times and there was 11 lead changes. Mm-hmm. You know, the really only thing that Purdue had on Arkansas was the second chance points. And that was they had 17 second hand or uh, second chance points and Arkansas didn't have any. But Arkansas got them on the fast break and the bench scored tw- outscored them 27 to 17. So you're looking at the fact that you're going to give some of this away. Again, we look at, you know, Eddie, you know, being that guy. And I don't know who in the SEC is going to – they're going to, I don't know who they're going to face in the SEC that is – I mean, hell, he's the player of the year, one. But, yeah. you know, you're not going to have a lot of those guys that you're facing. But the biggest thing I wanted to point out was that overtime period. You outscored them 12-8 to eight in the overtime period. You know, you are – Already got one, I guess it was a pre-exhibition game, playing the top ranked team or top three team in the country. You get outscored in the second half, 43 to 38, to let them come back and tie you up, descended into overtime. And of course, a big shot that gave you that spark to go into overtime. And then you come away and pull away that 12 that gave you the 81 to 77 final. All this does, man. That's what we were talking about last year. All this does is just help you, prepare you, and we talk about battle-tested. I know this is in October, but come February, March, we're going to remember this game because this is going to be a talked-about game, especially if these two teams meet again. And like you said, I hope they do.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, It it was... Crazy, I mean, the environment, kudos to Arkansas fans for, you know, it was, I think, planned right with mm-hmm. on most part for bringing this game in on a bye week um, with everything that's been going on with football. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. what the fans it and is. what yep. Fayetteville and what the state needed. Um, mm-hmm. And I think also that just, I mean, all, there was already hype around this team. I mean, you sold out your season tickets in July. So, I mean, obviously there's hype around the team. But that just put an even bigger spark um, behind the team, behind the fans, to, to, you know, to get ready for the season that officially starts. I think it was on November sixth.
1: Yeah, and that's when you really gets started. And of course, if you look at the the schedule here, I know fans are not going to like this because you see, of course, the first four games SEC plus. So look, if you got Directv that has the uh, SEC. Package you can get that on the ESPN app. If not, you have to subscribe to the ESPN Plus to get the SEC Plus. Um, so I, I would just suggest you know until season. I mean, I would look even into some of it when it comes to we'll give a rundown looking at it. All the games at the Bad Boy Mowers go be on ESPN, of course. Duke every game. Be-
0: game there's a hand the handful of the non cons. Um, are going to be streaming only yeah. once we get into real. I mean, obviously conference play, but I mean there there's, you're able to watch every single yes. Arkansas basketball game from here on out in one way or another yeah. um, ESPNU for this first game of battle for Atlantis. Then the next two games will depend on who they beat. If they win um, Dukes on ESPN OU's on ESPN two. um But then the last two non-conference games, Abilene Christian and UNC Wilmington are on SEC Network. Mm -hmm. So, from there on, every game is televised, not just streamed.
1: So, your Furman game, SEC Plus, that's on December 4th. And then December 16th, you're playing Lipscomb in North Little Rock. So, yeah, like Adam said, after the Lipscomb game, you're going to have no problem watching this team. But, hey – if if you want to get the subscription to the ESPN subscription for a month and then when it gets the SEC time um, cancel it do away with it you know that this is the best time to get it I, I know especially going on into uh, basketball and baseball there's a lot of these games that are going in. and just to be honest you know look the times that we're in right now it's going to streaming even if it's on ESPN it's it's just I work in an industry that you know, where it's going to streaming, and that's where I know it's, it, I've talked to many a customers today that we're talking about, you know, I want to get the ESPN because it's streaming and can't get a lot of the basketball and baseball games, and that's just where, that's where we're headed, so the better yet, or the better time to get a jump on things where you can watch it, it's easy um, for those that don't have a smart TV, go to Walmart and get you a $20 Roku stick, plug it into your HDMI port, set your ESPN up, and there you go. You know, if you want to do all the streaming and do the YouTube TV and stuff, you know, the best of both worlds right there. But we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to move our attention to the football game and and coming off the bye week, they got the Florida Gators in Gainesville coming up on Saturday, and we'll catch you after the break. Attention DIYers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Metters Hardware Store with locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville. Our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs us today, and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends and I want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast and moving our attention to the Florida game. Florida is coming off a 43-20 loss to Georgia. Um, the score, I mean again looks like it was uh, it was more lopsided than was 36 to 7, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. So, Arkansas going to Florida, it's always a tough place to play. This is going to be a big questionable game. I think I, I won't give a prediction until the last minute, which that's, Adam, you know that's how I am every week when it comes to oh, these yeah. predictions. Um, so, you know, you got a new spark in Guyton. And I know I call him kind of the OC, but he's just the, the, the play caller. But, I mean, it's one of the things like he, he's kind of auditioning for a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he is, and and whether he gets it or not, I mean, it's on, and Coach Pittman even said, you know, if he comes through and he does a really good job, his name's going to be in the hat for this, for this consideration. So I, I want to ask you, you know, knowing that there's a chance that, you know, this ain't just something that an interim and then it's automatic going into next year looking for somebody. How how do you think that helps this team? Because he's going to be play calling and doing the game like he's wanting to be the offensive coordinator next year.
0: Uh, I think you're going to see this offense rally around him. Um, the team loves him, and I think that. I mean, obviously, the players they don't want to lose. They don't want to put. You know, a lot of the issues came from you know the play calling versus directly with Enos. But these players, I mean, they, they love Coach Guyton. Um, I do believe that, like you said, this is an audition, an interview. A, um, it's going to set him up for future things. Um, so I look that it, it's going to be balls to the wall. Um, it's going to be, I'm not going to say a complete night and day difference because I don't believe that. But I think that they're going to come out and show some things that we've previously seen um, you know, cause he was with Kendall Bryles, you know, for the last few years. So I think we're going to see more of the one read RPOs. Um, it's not going to be the, having to go through three to four, you know, guys to, it, it's going to be a lot quicker than we've seen thus far. But, um, I think the guys that, that I think they're all in for, for coach Guyton and the, you know, they want to see him succeed. So I think we're going to see, um, some fight offensively that we haven't seen yet this season.
1: Yeah. And also, you know, that's the thing. Now it takes is that spark, you know, something Mm -hmm. new to come in. All right. We we like this guy. We trust him. And again, nothing helps Guyton more than production. Mm -hmm. And then I want to bring this up right here. This is exactly what I was going to say. The question is, will the kids get him? The team has been persecuted enough. Um, It's the fact that that's what is the first part of it was like, well, the kid's getting, you know, that is going to be the production part of it because he can come out and say the kids, you know, or the players can say, Hey, I like him. I like him. But if they're still spinning in the mud, if they're still not making any progress, then it's going to start putting that attention on. All right, well, we tried this and we're still getting, that's when you're going to start looking at, all right, is something else a problem? That's where I talked about last week when we need to give Kennedy some slack on the blocking schemes. Now, if we bring in another guy, they said the scheme is going to be the same. But still, yeah, you've got somebody else calling the place. You've got somebody else that is coming out there. And, again, what if the offensive line didn't like the way things are going? I mean, I know that in this era of football, we're not used to kind of players dictating who we like and who we don't and how we're going to play. But that's just where we are. So, again, we, we could see a whole different side of the offensive line. We could see a whole different way of if they run more plays under center. You know, Or and what we need to do is it's going to be a little bit faster pace, but let's enjoy what we're about to see instead of – going back to, well, see, this is why we need to get Renovinos earlier. Because, again, we didn't know this was all going to – nobody expected this. There was hardly anybody that thought we'd be two and six right now. Let's give them a chance. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say,
0: that. I mean, yeah, give them a chance. Um, you know, now you're playing for – and I know it's far-fetched to some and it's hard to wrap your mind around, but, you know, they're still playing for a bowl game. hmm So that is still on the table. Um, They're playing for, you know, the rest. I would say go into this Florida game and these next four games as just your, I'm not going to say clean slate because I want them to have this chip on their shoulder, but go into it like you just go balls to the wall, you know, leave it all out there on the field. Um, Prove to everybody that, you know, y'all aren't the same team that started the season two and six you know, go out there and smack some people in the mouth. And I think, too, that maybe we might – I'm not guaranteeing this. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But I think we could see, you know, some of the newcomers, the freshmen, that now they're in that four-game stretch that, you know, they can play in four games and keep their redshirt status. So maybe we see some a younger guy get a chance that can get some spark, you know, whether it's wide receiver, running back, or – Whatever the case may be, so we could see a handful of different things these next four games.
1: Yeah, and and you know going into this Florida game where you know Florida coming off that loss to Georgia, you know that they got you know smacked around a little bit. So yeah, they're coming into this blackout game. It's at home. It's in Gainesville. But like we said, you know Arkansas ain't got nothing. I mean they got nothing but wins in front of them. I mean that, that's the only way. I mean they got to win out to get a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we come off a bye week. You know, that's, again, what I was hoping to see in the Mississippi State game, I want to see in the Florida game. I want to see them come out with fire and tenacity and and approve like, okay, we're not just totally throwing the towel in because we still want to win out. And, of course, it, it's you got a tough road ahead with two of those games being Missouri and Florida because Missouri, you know, sitting at 7-1 and one right now, I mean, they look like a really good team. And you know how you're already—it's a tough win to begin with. But wouldn't it be something if they're sitting there seven and one, or seven and two? Because they still got to play Georgia, I think. Um, but you know, just think the fact—what would that do for Arkansas? Just hypothetically, Missouri—if they beat Arkansas, they go to the, go to Atlanta, and and Arkansas. Is going to become bowl eligible, and Arkansas beats Missouri. I mean, I think that would be some revenge because we can say it all we want. That's a rivalry, and because that's who we talk about. That's who I talked about yesterday. You know, when uh, the cross country team won there for is the twenty eighth SEC title in twenty eighth, like, yeah, twenty eighth. You know, and Missouri's sitting there too with volleyball in, in thirteen and sixteen. But you know, I think going into these next games. It's one game at a time. You don't look mm-hmm. ahead. You're looking at Florida. You know, and then looking at Auburn and then Florida International and then your last game. But also, this is a countdown. You've only got these games left. Mm-hmm. And and you gotta win all of them if you want those extra practices. You gotta win all of them if you wanna salvage this season and play a bowl game. Because I'm telling you. If you do turn this thing around, I'm just, again, hypothetically, you win all these games and you make a bowl game, I think you're going to win back some of those fans that have been very critical of the team and very critical of the coaching staff. And we're going to see how this thing rides out going into the next season.
0: Yeah, and I think what happens, you know, offensively with Guyton these next four games, it's going to also um, be a deciding factor on – players on the offense leaving, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the way. Now, granted, with the portal now, if they've transferred once, um, they're going to have to sit a year, so that is back in play. But um, the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of these guys were newcomers to Arkansas. They've been here for a year or two, and, you know, with the struggle of this, you want to go out high so that these guys have some hope and don't feel like they just need to jump ship and go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, and and that's, again – You know, that's definitely, if you want to build your team, you got to win. That's why I was talking about at the beginning of the year how important this season was to win. Important was it to get on the right track and really get away from that six and six season, go eight, nine wins. Now we're back in the same boat where you got to win out to get to six games, six games, and and a bowl game. And, you know, it's going to be tough to do it. And I'd love to say that. I had the faith that they could do it. It's hard to look at a team that's two and six and 0 and five to all of a sudden they're going to win three conference games. I mean, it's it, so this is going to be a very important game, show me game to where this team is at, how they responded to the new play caller, and having that extra week to get people who've been banged up ready. Mm-hmm. You know, get some of these guys in the lineup that has been struggling, and give them a mental break, you know, like you know, the offensive line. They've done nothing but, you know, see offensive line be, be the whipping boy, you know, when it comes to what's wrong with this team. Maybe they needed that reset. So there's a lot of hope going into this game for me, but I'm going to have to see them actually do it before I'm ready to be like, all right, this can be done. And if they pull off the win against Florida, that's really going to, you know, bring some hope that they can finish this thing out strong and make it to a bowl game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm really going into this trying to not just be completely pessimistic about it, but I'm not going to be overly optimistic about it either. I'm kind of trying to go in even keel with it. Um, I have things that, you know, like we've been talking about that I want to see. I want to see... Um, obviously better blocking. I want to see better play calling. Um, So I I just, there's those things like that that I'd really, you know, like to see over the next four games, especially this first game with Florida. Because like you said, take it a game at a time. Um, Especially the players and the coaches need to. Don't look ahead. So just come into this game like, you know, it's your zero and zero on the season. It's your first game. Just, you know, do what you're supposed to do have been doing this whole time
1: and and for me it's baby steps like hell they mm-hmm. ain't even got to win the game but I mean fight score more than you know don't just rely on field goals you know keep it competitive make it a 20-25 28-25 game or 35-30 game you know score some points show that you know this isn't just the, okay this is where we are as a program and we got rid of a guy that we're, we're blaming him for the play calling and this and that but we're moving on to the next guy, and we're still seeing the same results. I mean, I want to see the fight. The defense has held up their own. You know, there's there's been no shots or no qualms about the defensive side of the ball. I want them to keep on. You know, it's kind of time that the offense rewards the defense. Like, look, they've been playing their rear end off all season long. It's mm-hmm. tight, guys. It's time for us to step up. You know, I mean, things were – you know, stagnant. We got somebody else coming in, fresh calling the plays. Let's let's win this out. Let's go into Florida and beat a team that it's hard to go win in Florida. Let's finally get that monkey off our back and, and, and beat Missouri again. Let's beat Auburn. Let's get revenge on the Bo fumble game. You know, let's go in and, and lay the hammer down and, and beat FIU. Let, let's salvage this season because if not – You might be looking for a new head coach. I don't know. But, I mean, there's a possibility if you lose out. I I don't know where the state of the program is going to be if you lose out. I mean, hopefully you win the FIU game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I look at, you know, let's – going into this Florida game or during this Florida game, after this Florida game, let's look at, okay, so if our – if we play better offensively for – blocking better for it's just overall better performance you know can you can look at that and be like okay so maybe Enos was the issue maybe the play calling was the issue and then start addressing your other issues after that but it's you're going to be even deeper I feel like if we come out with the same stagnant offense that we have um, that we've had this season so far Because then you're going to start questioning, okay, well, what else is wrong? Yeah. Um, You know, what on top of the play calling is wrong at this point? Because obviously it's bigger than we thought.
1: And then, again, it could be one of the things that's just plain and simple, like they've just, all right, it's too little too late, you know, and it's not the fact that it's on anybody other than they think that the – the task is too tall to climb the task of we have to win out to get a bowl game and they don't have the belief that they can do that that's where they could be like just sit on the rest of the season I mean I don't that's the only thing I could see when when you're looking at they just laid it and and not be on the coaching so we got to think about that too and not just put all the blame on the on the coaching or who's next kind of what we talked about last week of just because things are going bad we're just looking at people to get rid of and and be mad at, you know, it might be one of the things that the fact they're just, all right, man, it's not going to work out. We're not going to win out. We're not going to make a bowl game. So why, what is there to fight for? And hopefully them winning this Florida game turns all that around and shows them there is something to fight for. There is something to still play for. We can get to a bowl game and beating Missouri to get to that bowl game, I think would be a huge boost to the fan base because it's Missouri into this team because they're KJ goes out with beating Missouri in his career.
0: Yeah. You almost want to like flip the script on how it's been for Missouri against (laughs) us in the past that, you know, they beat Arkansas to get to a bowl game. You know, we've poked fun at it in the past, but it's our reality at this point in time. So, um, I you know, I just, whatever they need to do to get some W's I'm all for it. Um, you know, and I'm not even saying... I, I just feel like with Enos's play calling, it was very predictable in a sense. And I know a lot of people said the same thing last season about um, Kendall Bryle's play calling at times, but I'm not saying that, oh, you need to throw out or throw in all these trick plays or these gimmicks, these gadgets. But at the same time, I mean, use some of the weapons that you do have to your advantage in different ways. Um, you don't have to come out and throw or do, you know, all the, all the you know, we're, we're not asking for um, flea flickers and this and that. It's just throw some different things out there that we haven't seen, that other teams haven't seen from us this season.
1: Well, and if, you know, things don't work out, maybe just do like what Michigan's doing and just get you a guy to start going to the, the stadiums and, and, and getting the people's signals. Because, <laughs> yeah. hey, we, we, we posed the question, if Arkansas, if you California. knew Arkansas – was cheating and and stealing signals, but yet they were winning. Would you turn – I I think it was an 80-20 split where they were like, hey, Mm -hmm. I looked the other way. I mean, but that's the – and this is not a knock on the fans because I guarantee you every fan base would do it. And now it's coming out that South Carolina took some of that from Michigan and they beat – that's how they beat uh, Tennessee and Clemson because they were given the signals from Michigan. But that, that one, that shows that the pressure on the head coaches to win in college football. and also shows that in the fan base, they're willing to do almost anything to win. It goes back to the Bobby Petrino thing. How I, I, There's probably 40% of the fan base that seriously would take him back. If mm-hmm. you just – and they would. No matter what he did – what they would because of what he did for in those two years where they went what 20 and two or something like that 20 was it 20 and two those two years
0: because i think it was like 10 and 3 and 11 and 2 yeah so like 21 and 5 21
1: and 5 okay you know they would do anything to get those two years back i mean that's just
0: that's fancy. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's why, I mean, anytime there's coaching dis- discussion, I mean, his name still gets brought up yeah. more than anybody's, especially now that he's back in the SEC. So, you know, it's a lot of that's just people saying it to be saying it. But, no, you're you're probably right on the mark that about 40% of them would welcome him with open arms. But, you know, the coaches are going to try to get whatever, or, you know, edge they have. You know, they need to be a little bit slicker about it than old Harbaugh and, yeah, his coach,
1: you don't have his coach buy the tickets in his name. No. You don't. I mean, it's just like come. And on. <laughs> the fact that
0: his uh Venmo history or whatever was public, yeah. it's like, dude, make make that private. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta button these things up. That's so. just somebody who I mean, just I,
1: like they don't care. Like they just think they're on top of the world when it comes to that type of things. It's like,
0: well, he what? had a whole manifesto yeah. too. The the guy that did it, like on how he was, you know. That To fix the the state of Michigan's football program, I'm like, oh, my gosh.
1: Well, and then is just you, you heard of the reports of TCU. They found out about it, and they mm-hmm. were throwing dummy signals, and that's how they beat Michigan. So it, it's karma how, if everything's true, of course, you're going to hear so many different stories and takes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's funny that if that is indeed how it, it went down and TCU took down Michigan because – it reminds me of that story of Mike Leach when he was uh, yeah. the OU Texas, where the the fake playbook, you know, and mm-hmm. ended up not working out for him in the end. But there for a little bit, it started working. But all in all, man, I I just I want things to get back on track I, for again for the fans, for the players, for the program. This is the catalyst. This is the pillar of the Arkansas athletic program, and I want to see. I don't want to see thirty thousand, forty thousand in the stands, and they're saying seventy one we know there wasn't 71,000 people in that Mississippi State game because we all deserve it. The fans deserve it. The players deserve it. I don't want this thing to go off the rails and we're starting over because we all know how hard it is to rebuild in the SEC. And if you're having to rebuild in the SEC now, it's going to take a couple of years. And, man, fans deserve better. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think that the best-case scenario is – winning three or four games, obviously winning four and get bowl eligible, but we can't completely go through another rebuild. Um, it takes far too long. You've got good guys coming in, um, recruit wise. So it's, you know, do whatever you can to keep these guys. And, you know, you still have high hopes for, you know, 2026 with Kane Archer and Greenwood. So it's, you gotta, you gotta do what you can to, I think, keep the continuity Um, rather than just completely changing everything over, I think that's going to hurt worse.
1: Yeah. Well, moving forward into the week, we're going to have a pretty stacked lineup tomorrow night. Uh, We're going to have Coach Z on to recap the Purdue game, give us his thoughts of of the game and the basketball team itself. Tuesday, we will have Courtney Mims from Pig Trail Nation to talk about her Florida Gators in the upcoming game. Being a Florida Gator fan and having to cover for the Hogs, I'm sure that's going to be a – an interesting task for her, and then on Wednesday we're going to have we're going to revisit with the swim dive coach Neil Harder. We had some technical difficulties with that getting him on, so we're going to be back with you Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday with live shows coming all the time. Keep we'll keep you posted. Don't be sure to like, rate, and review our podcast. Download it, give us a rating. Uh, go over to our YouTube channel. Tell all your people to start listening and subscribing. But for this evening, for Adam Hall, I'm Porter Hayes. We'll catch you tomorrow evening.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
1: on YouTube.